Welcome to the Grappling We See exactly. Grappling Rewind Podcast. Welcome to this week on the Grappling Rewind Podcast. In this week's show, we're going to recap Fight to Win 181, headlined by Gabriel Souza and Lucas Panero, also featuring Felipe Andrew and Max Jimenez. We're also going to recap Submission Underground 26, and uh, we actually have a week off. Not We're going to do the show next week, but we have no previews this week because uh, everything is at least two weeks away. So as always in the show, I'm your host, Maine, I'm the co-host. Miranda. How you doing, Miranda? Pretty good. How are you? Doing pretty good. How's your week? Oh, not too bad. So let's move into a little bit of news. Uh, let's kick it off. We have, we actually, we had it last week, but we forgot to preview it. We previewed the men's 185-pound bracket for who's number one. Uh, we now have all of the bracket information, or sorry, not all of the entrant information for the who's number one heavyweight women's division and the, is it, it's not lightweight, is it? No, it's 115. So it's straw weight. Yeah, it's one Or whatever, rooster weight. Light featherweight for women? They're, straw weight is how they're ranked, and then there's a flyweight in the middle of it. And then there's Tammy, who's not ranked at all at this point. So so you want to start with, let's start with the women's heavyweight, because okay. um, I know you ha- you've pulled up an entire win and loss record for yeah, everyone. Yeah, I did. But I didn't expect you to do I it. I did way too much, you know, background on this. So, um, yeah, we're going to preview this closer to the other event, but it is super exciting. We now have the brackets. It's for 30 grand. Uh, it's a big event. Essentially, replacing. Um, ADCC for this year because ADCC got bumped to the next year. Yeah. So we have Elizabeth Clay, Gabby Garcia, Rafaela Geddes. We have Amanda Levy, Kendall Riesling. We have, I'm actually, you do this not off the top of my head, Anna Carolina Vieira. We have uh, Aaron Harp, who I'm really excited to see. And we also have um, Amanda Lowen. So that is the eight women we have for the who's number one uh, heavyweight bracket. Miranda, what do you got? Um, What? Who do you think oh. I talking to the mic okay i'm talking in the mic um i mean it, it's an interesting it's an interesting group uh is it nath nathia did natalie natalie we call her like, natalie where, did, where does she show up like she doesn't show up in the bracket at all and she's the only one that's really won against she's beaten garcia she's beaten garcia she's beaten kendall she's, she's beaten yeah why the hell where the hell is she at i think she's pregnant oh I, th- I think it's what the issue is. And actually. I guess you shouldn't really compete when you're pregnant, right? I, I mean, it's probably I'm a bad thing. Not really one to talk, but yeah, probably, <laughs> probably not, not a good thing. thing. I, think, I think that was why she was asked. I think there was a discussion somewhere online that was like, "Where's she?" And like, she's pregnant. Uh, okay. Right now. Again, that I, makes I sense. Could, again, I apologize if I am incorrect about that. I, mean, I was I just wondering where she was at because she's think the that's one. What I, read. I mean, she's the one that has wins against uh, Gabby, and Gabby always seems to be a problem with everybody. And I don't know how to talk into a mic, so um, it's all good. But. I mean, it'll be an interesting uh, grouping. Um, so do, Amanda, you, do, you go in, do you go to Garcia? Because Garcia is very clearly here the second, or aside from Natalia, who just has the most recent win over yeah. her. She has a win over... Um, I think that I think some of the other women have a more expanded um, breadth of knowledge than her, or at least not breadth of knowledge, but they have more... They have more they can do. I right. think her game is very. Everybody knows what her game is going to be. I think be. that's one of the problems that we and saw from um, with kind of what Natalie exploited last time is like you very much know, and, and she talked about that in an interview when she saw her at Pans and lost. Was like, oh, I know exactly what I have to do to beat her. Yeah. And since has kind of been able to figure out Garcia's and game. I, and the last couple times I did, I've seen Garcia try footlocks, but if she is on a girl's foot who's 100 pounds less than her. I'm probably not, like maybe 50 pounds less right. than her. And she's cranking on somebody's foot and it's not working. I'm curious to see like how she deals wonder. with Clay. Because I think she has a win yeah. over Clay. Uh, but Wilder, she just right? crushed her 
it was right. Um, I'm curious to see if Clay yeah. will come into that match with a different strategy or Gettys, who we know that can play kind of a variety of game, even with the size discrepancy that Garcia yeah. is going to kind of have on everyone. Yeah. Will we see sort of the depth of these other folks' games? Like we have, we've seen great performances with like a dichotomy of game from Gettys. We've seen a you know a great performance from Aaron Harp, who kind yeah. of came out at least we hadn't covered out a ton on the yeah. show. Put a great performance on Gettys. Anna Carolina Vieira has looked great, and yeah. again has a diversity of ways that she can play it. We haven't seen a ton from Gettys recently. We know what Kendall's game yeah. looks like, but again, she's definitely Kendall, on the larger Kendall, side of that bracket. Kendall was the one that almost got thrown off the stage a bunch by Gabby, right? Gabby was like literally chucking her off the stage I, at Fight to Win. That might have been the Kendall match, yeah. Yeah, I think that was... So, and then we have Lowen, who is currently really active on Submission Underground. Yeah. Um, has she been on Who's Number One yet? I, I don't believe so. I, I, didn't, could be, I, didn't, I could be incorrect. I saw that, that she was 4-0 in MMA and she's a um, Smish Underground champ, but yeah. I didn't see anything else. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of um, curious to see how Lowen slots in here. We just saw her in a recent match on Sug versus um, Canuto. Yeah. Um, and Canuto looked really good in the regulation, but Lowen was able to kind of eke it out, I think by like six seconds. Yeah. Um, we're going to talk about Sug here, not this Sug card, but uh, pre- this, this week's Sug card. Um, on the end of the show here. So, yeah, it's a really interesting bracket. It really comes down to who can implement a game to kind of stop Garcia, I think is what we're doing. And I think we have four or five different women in this bracket that can do that. I think yeah. if Clay comes in with a different game plan and is able to get out from underneath Garcia, we can yeah. see that. Or get under her even more and yeah. be able to exploit her, her passing style. Mm-hmm. Or if she, or if she uh-huh. tries to kind of push a footlock battle with Garcia, yeah. I think she'd come out on top oh, there. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, and then Gettys, Harp, and Baby Vieira, yeah. I think all have the, the skills and the tool set to potentially give Garcia some problems. Again, in the ADCC rule set, which I think is going to be really similar to the Who's Number One rule set for this. Yeah. Um, it's interesting, but still a, a fantastic lineup oh, yeah, of it is. women. It's definitely. It's a good. Li- it's a good lineup, and they're. I mean, they're not all. Uh, they're not all exactly the same. All their games aren't exactly the same, so it'll no. be interesting how they match them up. Which is why I kind of. Um, which is why we like right, Amanda Lev seen... is like a local, uh, a local black belt. She's. Yeah. I mean, she's good. She, I love watching her game. I love her. She is that. Um, she's like so many wins by that falling flying armbar. Yeah. Um, we saw her win trials, West Coast trials in 2017 versus Grindati yeah. with that armbar. She and fights just... at PFL this weekend. Levin? Yeah. No shit. No, not like Yeah, Michelle. Or Amanda. Amanda I mean. Levy. Yeah. Oh, no she shit. fights this weekend for PFL. Oh, I didn't know she'd make she'd gone pro. Yeah. She, I don't know if she's gone pro because they do am they do Ami oh, pro. PFL cards. still does Am? Yeah, but I, I don't know, know if that. she's pro or am. I just know that there was a long time where um she was not having the easiest time getting matches because people didn't people were kind of scared of her game. Uh yeah. So I would expect. Yeah, so she was having but I know she's fighting oh. this weekend because I was watching I saw at least pictures of her. Yeah, but there's some locals on PFL this week. So yeah. I tuned in for a, a couple of fights this week on yeah. PFL. So it'll be interesting because I don't think any of them have won against her. Um, well, maybe at ADCC trials. Maybe back in 2017. Yeah, again, but it's been a minute. Yeah, it's been it's been a weird couple yeah. of years. But yeah, yeah super exciting bracket. Uh, very, very fun. Again, there's any, everyone here has a pathway to victory, which is, for me, what makes a really exciting bracket. Do you have any kind of closing thoughts on the, on the heavyweights? Nope. All right, moving into the female. Oh, I just lost the page. The uh, 115 division, we have Misa Bastos, we have Daniel Kelly, we have Jessica Khan, we have Tubby Alequin, we have Grace Gundrum, Amanda Wynn, Jesse Crane, and kind of out of nowhere, Tammy Musumeci. Yeah, it's been a minute since we saw her. When you, when you pulled I her last I just keep match. on saying a minute, and it's not. It's been a couple years. They said she hasn't competed since the 2009 IBJJ. 19. 19. That was the, that was the World Championship, right? Yeah. Well, she had that. She won... Uh, kind of a close match, but up on points, and then 
just like retained guard and was able to kind of pull out the victory. Yeah. Uh, and that that's the last time really. Yeah. But again, it's been two years of a little bit of weirdness. Yeah. Um, and IBJJF really hasn't done a lot of events and she... She was pretty heavy in the IBJJF circuit, I mean, she correct? Was, yeah, she showed up for like yeah. a lot of the world stuff. And that's because I think she's multiple-time world yeah. champion. So, But I haven't seen her do any super fights. No, she's been... Again, she, we haven't... We haven't Has she ever done ADCC? Has she ever done trials? Uh, you're putting me on the spot here. Yeah, I don't think three she... Three years ago. I, I don't think so. I don't remember. I can't... Yeah. I don't want to say yes or no. Yeah. Because I don't remember. Again, it's been two years since we've covered... Actually, yeah, actually, almost two actually, years covered her. If, if we look at the article that we're looking at, it says right there that she's the three-time Nogi World Champ and ADCC bronze medalist. Yeah, that's <laughs> why, why I didn't want. That's why I didn't want to say it. I was like, <laughs> offhand, you're like, I didn't pull this beforehand. I'm like, mm. <laughs> anyway. So, yeah, she's done. She's familiar with the yeah, rule set. Yeah, she's done it. Yeah, uh, she's medaled at ADCC. Um, so, well, how, I, how, how I, do you see this bracket? Like, I this tried to a, pull super fights. I didn't really think about ADCC, not because of the way they bracketed it, not showing up. Right. Unless I actually remembered them somewhere in a match. So, um, what, do you, what do you see for this one? We have, we have a lot of people that have faced each other here. I think um, we've seen, we have Ke- Kelly has faced Khan. Uh, Bostos has faced Gundrum. Bostos has faced, uh, I think, faced Musumeci. Um I, I am going to go with either. I, I kind of want to pick Bostos here. In this in this whole bracket, just just because she's been super active, she's looked super dominant. She's looked very good. And I think um, Grace. I mean, Grace is a very um, skilled competitor that's been around for a while. She's given a lot of people problems. Mm-hmm. And um, Bastos didn't really well. Bastos won against Grace and won against Grace. Yeah, and that's and that's the only way I and would that's put why, her and, above Grace because Grace has um, some benefit. She's won against a lot of the. She has more competition history than a lot of these. Other yeah, females. We, we just we've been covering and, Grace and watching Grace for since she was a kid. Literally since she was a kid. Yeah. I think she's eighteen or nineteen right now. Um, but and the only reason I'm not kind of hedging, and the only reason I'm not hedging Tammy is because we haven't seen Tammy in two years. Yeah. And like that for me, I never pick against. I never usually pick someone coming off of a multiple year hiatus just because I it can't make a an, little bit. Of time. I can't make an informed yeah. decision about it. And then with Bostos versus Grace, I think the other two kind of strongest people. Yeah. In this bracket you know, that have had a most recent match, Bostos took that and took it relatively cleanly. Yeah. Um, Daniel Kelly might give, might give a lot of them a run for their money. She's a really unorthodox game. She's got, she's very, very good on the footlocks. I'm just curious to see if she matches up with Grace. Again, Grace coming from the 10th planet style. Um, Again, not a huge leg locker. I'm sure they also have trained in the same circles together because that whole... Yeah, they're because, both New Jersey. Yeah, D- Danielle is is New Jersey, like North Jersey, and Grace is is that, yeah. Bethlehem, those New can- Jersey this, this kind of studio. Uh, studio A four, A four people yeah. with Jay and all those folks yeah. tend to train and cross train. I know Keith's teaching there now. Keith yeah. Corian, I, th- I know he's trained with Grace. Yeah. Um, like they're they they're very familiar with each other here on the East Coast. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it'll be interesting. I'm again. I'm super amped for for this bracket. It's it's shaping up to be a great event. They got. Uh, we were talking about in the ch- in the grappling run chat who we thought would you know would be added to this bracket, and then we saw Tammy come in, and everyone went, "That's a that's a reasonable, that's a really yeah. really good pick." Because we were yeah. thinking about who else would get the slot for the kind of the final slot earlier this week, and um, Tammy coming in was was like everyone, everyone kind of went, "That makes a lot of sense." Yeah, that's, that's yeah. a good pick. So, yeah. any other kind of closing thoughts on this one? No, it, we usually don't do previews in the uh, in the news section, but. Eh, we haven't talked about this. Something. It's a huge event. And, oh yeah, uh, it'll be an interesting event to see how they how they set them everybody up. Are they 
are they running each division each day? This is a two-day event. It's so a two-day event. I assume out. they wouldn't. I assume yeah. that they're going to do it exactly like ADCC does it, where they're going to run first round, second round, yeah. and then they're going to run final round or third semifinals and then finals. Yeah, that's how I assume they're going to do it because you have two days. You give your you're not putting three matches in a day because then I think. At this level, you tend to diminish competitors like that. Oh, yeah, definitely. The second day gives them a chance. I don't, I'm because curious if they're going to weigh them in again, yeah. actually. Because ADCC has that double day weigh in. Yeah. Given that it's kind of a super fight organization, it's, it's everyone, it's an invite only. Yeah. I'd assume you just weigh people in the first day and you wouldn't have them weigh in twice. Yeah. Um, again, with all these folks, I don't think anyone's going to have a problem making one in 15. No. So I'm not really concerned about it. For some of the men's divisions, I think that's a bigger issue. Oh, yeah. But I do doubt that they will, just kind of given how flow operates, I doubt that they'll make them weigh in two days in a row. Well, but again, I could be wrong. Yeah, but you could also have some big problems at that point too and that's what i mean like yeah. it's, it's a huge thing for adcc but again it's, it's a similar amount of money to adcc for the division it's like 30 yeah. grand this is one of the bigger true purses in grappling well hopefully they know that i i hope i hope we have no because you know people people know they're supposed to be a certain weight but some people always seem to have that problem some people certainly do have that problem so <laughs> that's all i got um and that comes from somebody who's actually not made weight for ibjjf before you've missed weight i've missed weight oh, that's on you Toy- two days in a row Oh, gi and no gi? Yeah. Oh. It was bad. How much weight? Like two pounds. Oh, that's terrible. That's just like not, I, I just missed by I missed by point eight the first day and then the second day because it was no gi and I was stupid and I had lesser division and didn't go up a division for my no gi. I wound up screwing it up. I wound up screwing up that entire weight cut. That's terrible. It was, I only it was bad. I only overcut by seven pounds. You overcut. I overcut, and Rachel overcut by an entire division because we were on the same diet. Oh, nice! And they couldn't find her in her division, and she went, "Yeah, I'm a division down because I, my my, then we weren't we weren't married then. Yeah, Uh, basically we got on the same diet and then made weight super hard. Yeah, that was good. Good times times. cutting lots of weight, getting to 142. I I used to do 125, which is not fun. Good for good for you on it. Um, well, other well, one twenty nine, but I had to be twenty five in my gi. So, yeah, because the gi weighs a couple yeah, pounds. Yeah. So uh, in other news, that does it for this piece of news. Uh, in other news, there is a lot of stuff currently going on uh, in the world of jujitsu with sexual assault and allegations and how gyms and folks are handling it. Uh, Mo Jassim, the event runner for ADCC, has recently got a hold of a lot of information and is putting many many folks in gyms on blast for. How they're handling uh, sexual assault and that stuff in their gyms. Um, if it's not clear by kind of the chain of my change of my tone, this stuff makes me super uncomfortable to talk about. What I do want to say is that if you are a victim of sexual assault or you see it or you know about it, make it known, make it not acceptable in your gyms and spaces, and get and seek help for those situations. Um, I wish everyone who has experienced that the best, and I hope that that does not happen in your gym. Or your community, um, be good people, y'all. So I, I, I want to move on from yeah. this quick because no, it makes completely. me super uncomfortable that yeah. that's happening in the community. It's astonishingly unfortunate that we have to even bring it up in yeah. today's day and age. Um, I wish I didn't have a downer piece to end on news. Uh, do you have any other news going on this week? I don't think so. All right, so that does it for this week in news. Um, that sort of has been the biggest news this week, um, and I've honestly been pretty pleased with how a lot of the community has responded yeah um it's just unfortunate that we have to do this every six or eight months on the podcast uh let's move into our recap of 
start with fight to win or we're we gonna do submission underground let's do fight to win 181 headlined by uh gabriel souza and lucas panero gabriel souza defeats lucas panero via decision and i think overall in this match like i love watching these two guys compete it was a little more um a little slower on the feet than I would have kind of liked it. But yeah. I did like that there weren't big pieces where neither guy was shooting. You know, you had a yeah. lot of bent over stance work and then you had a lot of shots and counter shots from both guys. You had um, Lucas trying to double leg uh, Panera. Panera off the stage a couple times. I think I think only like three or four times. Three or four times, times but one time. Dude, the, props to he, the ref. Though. Yeah, dude, dude there he was, there jumped was right in the of middle them. of There that. was one of them that I thought was just beautifully orchestrated. Yeah. The ref sees the shot coming yeah, in. He grab, yeah, he grabs. Steps behind yeah. and he, he throws uh, Gabriel back into the ring. Yeah. And like it would have been like a double leg off of the stage and like great job protecting your competitors there. Yeah. And he falls off the stage another time and like again, good job protecting your competitors. Yeah. I love that fight to win referees again on that elevated stage. And Seth is really good about this and too. And try to protect Get their, in yeah. front of them and like keep them on the stage to protect your athletes. Yeah. I love to see it. No one gets because hurt here. Because if those double legs would have landed, I mean, they would have went through probably a, a table. Oh yeah. Panera, they, I mean, Panera was driving. Yeah. They're not the biggest of guys, but like yeah. Panera was driving on the legs twice of Souza, like deep. He was underneath the sprawl of Souza yeah. and towards the edge of the mat. Again, playing the barrier, sorry, playing the edge of the mat a little bit there, but it's going to get Souza to sprawl because there's no mat space to yeah. move back. And so I do understand like it's a very viable strategy to get oh, someone yeah, down. Um, does he ever end up actually getting one of these? I don't think so. There's a lot of they both pull guard yeah. at various points in the match. Um, I was I was super impressed with a lot of Souza's grip fighting, and I love the way that Panero here from the bottom um, would go from the single leg X and the outside single yeah. leg X with his legs crossed, and then he would take his inside leg and he would throw it behind Gabriel Souza's arm yeah. and like the armpit to prevent Souza from being able to square up fully and address yeah. the grip on the same side hand. Yeah, like it was just some really really slick grip work. Yeah, um, and so and. Gabriel would counter with either a pass or a sweep, and then from his bottom position, actually when he when he when they would flip position on the yeah. bottom, Gabriel was doing a really good job of transitioning from the single leg X into the X guard, and then yeah. getting up underneath Panero and forcing Panero to try to almost like jump over the guard. Yeah, and that's what sort of led to not the finishing sequence, but the sequence towards the end of the match where Gabriel pulls. And then he gets sort of into the start of an X guard. And then he's seen Panero try to jump over it three separate times. Yeah. So he tracks Panero on the jump yeah. and lands him into the knee bar and starts attacking the knee bar. Yeah. It was it was pretty knee bar. I mean, it, it wasn't... He didn't get the knee bar, but he didn't lose position horribly either. It no. wasn't like he got his back taken from a failed knee bar. Yeah, and Panero, I think, worked worked for the back there for a minute and yeah. uh, did a good job of adjusting his knee. And Panero did a sorry, Panero did a good job of adjusting his knee so that Gabriel had to yeah. kind of continue to pull it across the center line. Um, but he never got overextended, and it, he was like. Panera was very, very flexible because his yeah. leg was out straight and he was still trying to take the back of Sosa, but he was super, super calm in that position for... Probably because you've had it done to you a million times. Yeah, but he was probably yeah. there for 45 seconds easily. He was there easily. for, yeah. I and mean, that was how the, the match was won. The, def the match was definitely won by that Yeah, I, I would definitely have sequence. given the advantage to Sosa moving in. I think, like, I love the work on the bottom Panera was doing, um, but he wasn't really actively going for a whole lot. And I thought... Gabriel on top was more in the driver's seat on the passing. Yeah. Um, even at one point he gets a little upset with the referee. He's like, he's just grabbed. He's just not doing anything. He's yeah. holding. Yeah. And um, but they were also doing um, double pant leg sweeps, which yeah. is really weird because I, that's I loved, what. I so, love that. 
when I went to um when I when I went to Philly this weekend for camp, that was the one of the things that um Woodmansey taught us was a double leg sweep from Delaheva. And or not double leg, double pant leg sweep mm-hmm. and ghee. We're seeing that as the smaller weights really come to prominence. Yeah. But what I loved about that here in but this, but they match, both did it from different positions, which was even funnier because they both did it. They both did I watched it. them both do it. What I loved about it is you both guys are familiar with the fight to win rule set. Yeah. And they didn't fight the sweep to the nth degree for like five minutes of the match yeah. where it's like I'm not going to let you tip me over. They kind of like fought the sweep how they should fight the sweep, and, and then, then they, they just, just went like, to okay, a, I'm going, yeah. I'm going to my back now, and then fight. And I love that was hard at that point. Yeah, but it was. I think it was great because it was done in a way where, as a judge, there I wouldn't have scored that against the person getting swept. I went, oh, you're yeah. just electing to take your net. It's not working out for you. You're yeah. going to take bottom position to keep the match moving. And yeah. I went, oh, and it was a. It was. It specifically stuck out to me in my head when I was watching the match because I went, this is one of the first times I can recall in my head watching two high level guys. Know the fight to win rule set and, and not dis- stall out and not stall out. Decide yeah. to actually play it yeah. as the rule set was intended and yeah. go, yeah, for activity uh, and and trying for submissions rather was, than stalling. But it was out great because they went, yeah. oh, I'm going to get swept. Like, okay, I'll take the sweep. And and I didn't, as somebody who I love to score these in my head as yeah. a judge, I wouldn't have given like an advantage to either guy because I could see that okay, he's got the sweep. What's he gonna do with it? Because yeah, the, other guys the bottom electing. person then would establish guard, so it right. wasn't it wasn't like a big deal. It wasn't like they got some like mount from it or they got yeah. some. They'd like, go back to the double yeah. seated open guard or outside fifty fifty yeah. or like some sort of leg entanglement there, um, and try to work back up or try to work from the guarded position to yeah. pass or progress their position. But the sweeping was like an incidental thing where it's like oh, I'm on top now, I'm on bottom now, yeah. and both guys are still willing to work. I love to see that in the fight to win rule set. Oh, I think yeah, definitely. It gave us a really good match because it wasn't five minutes of, because, like, again, good luck sweeping Panera or Souza on, like, in, like, a regular like IBJJF style match. Yeah. They're going to fight you to the nth degree. It's going to be, a, you know, a one-advantage match. Like, yeah. that's just how that match is going to go. I know yeah. they guys faced each other before, and it has not been that case, but... Also, Gabriel Sosa does a lot of like AJP, where they have really aggressive stalling penalties yeah. and they have shorter matches, and he's a guy that's willing to work. I just love to see it from the smaller guys because a lot of times the smaller guys get a lot of shit, rightfully and not rightfully so, for like slower, boring, like advantage matches. Okay. And I appreciated both guys here not doing that. And it yeah. was just like, it's, it was a cool match to see because you got to see both of them open up on top and on the bottom because. It wasn't yeah, there they, wasn't there wasn't a clear like bottom position person no. or a clear top position it, person. You'd see Panera go to yeah. the bottom. He'd work the leg, you know, he'd work the single leg X and then to the X guard off the yeah. low hook and with the high hook on the armpit to stop the turn from Souza. Yeah. You'd see Souza like I think Panera was a little more active with the grips, but Souza wasn't ever really bothered by the grip fighting on no. top and kind of using it to play his own game. Yeah. But it was it was a nice showcase of jujitsu for both guys, and I loved that it was the main event. And I loved that like it went as it went. Um, I think again, Souza I think gets a very very clear decision here with the knee bar, um, with the knee bar attempt because that was because that was the only submission. Attempt. Yeah, Panera kind of goes for a, like a little bit of an ankle lock, but Souza was never really bothered by it. Yeah, um, you know he was looking to set something up, which I appreciate, but that was. Clearly, like that tracking of Panero because he knew Panero was going to try to like. I have to um, pay attention to that because I didn't really 
see that. Yeah, I was, didn't really think about that. I was looking at hands pulled, for Warren. You know. He had pulled three times. Yeah. And then on the second pull, I noticed that Panera, I, I noticed on the second pull when I first time yeah. I watched it, that Panera was trying to immediately jump past, almost like what Herbert does when you pull on him. Yeah. He like gets in the garden, he throws your legs past, like a, it's like almost like a big Toriando, like yeah. a slide bypass. And Souza picked up on that for the third entry. Yeah. And then turned the other way which and I, then which rotated I, his legs I through. appreciate when you have a competitor who notices something isn't working and changes it mm-hmm. because one of my pet peeves of watching certain people compete is when and and I understand it's a it's it's different a best competitors have different thing. yeah have a tactic thing where this is what you want to do and you're not going to fall off of this plan of what you do right but if it's not working you need to change and you need to do something else or if you notice something's going on that you can take advantage of you in my opinion you need to take advantage of that thing yeah and not just try to keep on playing whatever's not yeah. working for you and again i appreciate this match both guys both guys did that i have nothing else to say about the match it was a lot of fun like it's a it's a well-paced well-matched gi match for the smaller weights and it's a it's a it's a pleasure to see that all the top matches were gi matches yeah but like because i was looking for something like fun and no gi-ish and usually little, little guys get shit in gi and i appreciate when like they show they they put on a performance and i was yeah. like that was a good match like yeah. i i know i appreciate that, I that match, the match too yeah. but i also like no gi and I didn't right. find a lot of it. <laughs> you're, you're a gi hater. Um, I am right now, but in six months, it's ADCC knows? season. It's yeah. So who's it's also one, summertime. Who's number one season? Yeah, it's summertime. It's also Maryland. You get you trained. You get, we'll talk about in the outro section. You were training up in Philly, and it was like a hundred degrees. It was. It was. So yeah, I can understand. I can understand why you'd like no gi in that situation. All right, next next match. Let's move on. Uh, Felipe Andrew defeated Max Jimenez via decision. You want to take this one? Yeah. Um. So. Uh, Pinero, Pinero, Pinero. I'm horrible with names. Yeah, so I can see. Pinero. If if you know me in real life, you know I'm pretty bad with names too. Pinero uh, is uh, the heavyweight champion, or not Pinero? Well, I'm I'm on the wrong match. I was, I was looking. Let's, I was like, let's okay. let's restart. Felipe, this. Andrew, and Max Jimenez. Yes, Andrew is the is the heavyweight champ, correct? And Max is the super heavyweight champ. I think that's correct. Yeah, that Max is, is correct. Max is definitely Max because is not he was he was down one bracket. He was down one bracket but they were both champs and they were going yeah. against each other mm-hmm. and i think right around like the five minute mark is where um andrew s- completely sweeps uh jimenez and just kind of i was hurt. super annoyed with the camera work yeah. here in this because Why? i watched because i watched the sweep like four or five i couldn't times, tell what the sweep and i couldn't was. tell what the sweep was yeah either, and it pissed me off because i was like i was watching it i was like okay he has this grip and so we're talking about Felipe Andrew is in the, is in the yeah. bottom of half guard and Max Jimenez is like trying to pass with sort of like a knee cut pass yeah. over, but he's like, he's not even over committed and he just... No, but he's staying quite tight to he's him He's staying too. tight to him. And, and I was then, trying to figure out what... I did the same thing. I watched the... Suite. They're also in both black geese, which makes it hard yeah. to see too. And I don't know, maybe it was a, maybe it was a balance thing. Like he felt him go off balance and he just came up with it. I couldn't it. tell if it was Jimenez electing to take bottom position, but immediately Felipe, once the sweep does happen, yeah. Felipe like settles into a really, really tight tight like half guard on top yeah. of Jimenez and immediately starts like pinning and passing with the leg into side control and he has yeah. really really heavy pressure on the cross face for yeah. Max uh, on, on the bottom Max is getting cross face super hard by yeah. Felipe Andrew and you know that it was good because Max is a big strong dude like Max he is could... a dude with like size parity to Bouchesha and that's why yeah. the the craziest thing was the commentary was talking about they're like oh yeah you know Felipe is a um is the Sorry, Max is the underdog for this match. Yeah. And it was, he's a 100 even. He's an even underdog, yeah. which is a weird way to put it. But Felipe, I think it was the I plus 150. I how all that shit works. It, it's basically how much, for American odds, it's yeah. how much money you bet versus how much you return I, on I that get bet. that, but it, 
it always just kind of blows my mind. It was weird for me when they said that. I was like, Felipe Andrews is the favorite here? And then he sweeps and then gets on top and then just does work, goes to mount, holds for the entire time. And I went, oh, maybe the odds makers in jiu-jitsu have gotten a lot better. Because I remember three or four years ago looking at odds for jiu-jitsu and going, oh, that's a clear, that's a clear, easy pick. But this one was cool. It's always, I always love to be wrong about something. And I was watching, I was like, ooh, Max should take this. Yeah. And then to watch Felipe sweep like that, get to side control, get half and guard control, control yeah. get to mount, maintain mount for like... The whole, I mean, at the five good, minute mark was when it changed and yeah. and black belt matches are 10. Yeah, for the main, uh, eight, I think, right? Are this, they eight or are they 10? The, uh, this title. So yeah, yeah the 10. So, I mean, that was an entire, he held him down for, as soon as he passed, because he swept past... And then mm-hmm. he held him for the rest of the match. Pretty much. So, I mean, that was top, a, dominant. a considerable amount of time. He, he, he was working some yeah. top position stuff, but really it was like Max never was able to put off any demonstrable offense yeah. after that. I think he escapes towards the end and they get yeah. back on their feet. Is that right? I don't remember him getting back up. Okay. I, I remember be, I him saying that. It, it might have been in the very, very end. Um, but, but I don't really remember. Just, it was a super controlling performance by yeah. Felipe and... It was not something I expected because Max is a guy that we usually don't see controlled in that way for that length of time. No, and so it was super surprising. Again, Felipe Andrew takes a a super dominant victory here over Max Jimenez and uh, proves me wrong, which is which is always exciting for me. I was like, oh, look at that! Felipe Andrew has new folds to his game, going up in weight. Yeah, I wouldn't have called that one. No, in. I mean, I just, again, yeah. I always think about Max Jimenez and, like, his performance against Bouchesha, where he, like, looked so good at the beginning of the Bouchesha, yeah. was able to pull it out at the end, but, like, yeah. very dominant. Think about Max Jimenez and Gordon Ryan. Like, the, the Max Jimenez matches that I think about yeah. are, like, the ones where he shows he is, like, a true super heavyweight that can still move and, like, do a lot of things that guys super heavyweight can't do. Yeah. So, again, when Felipe Andrew comes out and, you know, puts on a performance like this yeah. from a guy that he, you know, is definitely smaller than not as small as I thought he was. Yeah. But definitely like Max is the bigger guy here. Oh, I was just very, yeah. very impressed with the amount of controlling pressure that he put on throughout the match and the the ability to maintain the mount and just maintain top position for the entire of the match. Seemingly as controlled as he did yeah. for that entire time. You know, very, very clean uh victory for Felipe takes title. And uh yeah, that yep. does it. That's um, it. Next match, let's talk about Marcus Torregrosa defeating Angel Lopez. Uh, they called it a baseball bat choke, or they, call, they didn't call that. They, they called c- it a scarf choke, yeah. and then somebody, it, one of, there were two announcers, and one said baseball bat choke, but. I didn't I, think it was a baseball. And I rewatched it only because of hand positioning for a baseball bat choke. Yeah. And there wasn't the hand positioning for a no, baseball it was bat a, choke. No, it was the same side, because baseball bat choke is the underhanded grip on the yeah. choke as you come over. Um, I don't know. I, was I learned trying to this figure a step out. Over, it's not a step over choke. It's there's a name for it. And I learned it as a saucier choke. My buddy Matt Saucier I, taught me this yeah. joke, and I've, since it's one of the few gi chokes that I use like regularly, and it's one of the few ones do I you, actually teach. Do you step over from like side control? You step over the head and pull yeah, yeah. the gi again. Yeah, yeah I, I, um, I basically go to north south with the choke. Okay, when I when I finish it, and I do it again with the same side of the pal. Come over, Marcus does it. Okay. We're talking about essentially Marcus Torg also takes him down, uh, passes, gets to like a mount. He starts pulling out and going yeah. almost baby arm yeah. with the gi. If you don't know what baby, baby arm, baby arm, that, that you, makes a good explanation. Trap the arm. You, I don't, trap I don't the know. arm. I don't do you, enough gi to know this kind of crap. But you like, trap I, the arm with the hand. Yeah, with the out hand free. out. 
if their elbow is pinched really close to your body. It's almost like a T-Rex arm. Yeah, but you trap it there. He doesn't. He kind of goes like he's going to do that. It's one of my most annoyed things. When people do that to me, it like annoys me. I love doing it to people. I don't do it a whole lot. Hate it. Because it's just like you're so strong there, but the gi is in the way, and so you can't push your elbow and arm out. Yeah. And uh, so he starts to go there, but then he elects to go high with it. So he goes from over the arm to over the neck. He switches to like almost a top side, like he's going to go for a Kimura, like a Kimura sit- seated yeah. in the head position, yeah. and then turns the angle down all the way to get the lapel across the neck. Yeah, finishes the choke. Um, it's just a, it's just a like an outside lapel choke. Yeah, there's a, there's a better name for it, but I don't remember the exact name for I, the choke. I looked it up. I remember looking it up because I've always done. I I like um, bread cutters. Yeah, and I reach under for the bread cutter and then mm-hmm. over. And then I had a coach um, once tell me to step over the head and then pull, um, like pull their gi, their lapel around their neck, pull that up as you like push their yeah. leg back yeah. or their heard, head back I've, with I've your leg. I've seen that variation too. And, I never had a huge amount of success with it. No, but. that's like cranky as hell. Like yeah. I'm just going to crank the hell out I of your head. But, I, I just never had success but doing it. What's it called? Um, so I have uh, little rooster weight. Um, mm-hmm. older, does his own. Oh, what is this? Completely just fell out of my head. Um, older. Anyway, is he a local guy? I no, San Diego or California, San Jose. I've done his seminars a million times. Kyotera. Kyotera. Oh. How do you forget Kyotera's <laughs> name. name? Anyway. Little rooster way. That's not he anything is. I would say. He's a rooster. He is. He's like, not a natural rooster. He cuts the rooster. Yeah, he's, a nat- he's a little guy. He, he He's bigger than I am. He, is he really? Yeah. I have pictures with him. He's a good head, like taller than me. He walks oh. around at, like 140 and he used to cut the rooster. Okay. Because him and someone else that we both know had a conversation once and he was talking about how he wasn't like a true rooster it was a completely hilarious conversation i will not you know i can't publicly provide but it was hilarious anyway um i just can't believe you did like you you your go-to for kyle terry is that little rooster way from california like i couldn't his, remember as his own like, footlock neighbor him trained mikey moose of yeah like, all the things you could, i, you could I couldn't think kyle of terry, like multiple time like world medalist. that's what that's what came to my head okay um, when i'm on camera i don't always think little about rooster exactly from what's california going. Well, I mean, that's. I'm just, I'm just but anyway, I so I love him to death. I think he's great, and I I have his uh, online program. Yep. And I always look it up, and he teaches it. And I went to him to learn how to really do it because he's I didn't know how to. It. I didn't know how to specifically do it, and you have to get their head stuck in like your your the knee, crook of your knee, the crook of your yeah. knee, and then you got to pull against it yep. as you drop your head to the mat. Because if you drop uh, your okay. head to the mat, you don't go forward. Because you don't get rolled as a l- as a smaller person. If you do that, they you just need the roll extra you over. To push you but over. if you post on your head, you can pull up against your leg, and you can kind of push down with huh. your leg, and it actually works. And he calls it something like an assassin choke. He has a name. Well, we talked about the assassin choke last week, and that's yeah, the very Yoshida he, choke from the crucifix. Yeah, he has like a name for it, and I can't think what it is. But I I at one point remember that. And if I think about it, if I randomly in the midst of explaining stuff be like, it's a blah blah blah, you know, I might. That's remember, what it is. But so that's I don't what, remember so what that's what called. Marcus Torregrosa hits on Angel Lopez. Uh, that variation of a choke, very neat finish. It's a finish we see not we, we see it not infrequently, but no, um, but it's not something you see all the time. Either. No, it's like a Kimura. It's yeah. a, it's a it's a more uncommon finish, and it is a really neat, the camera angle is really nice on it because you can see him switching the hand position with yeah. the lapel from going straight over with the one arm on top, and then getting his fingers involved, and he just has the lower end of the lapel. Yeah. He snugs it up a little bit, and then he makes the turn into the position, yeah. and it was just really again some of these 
finishes by choke, you can't see what the camera sees, or you can't, the camera doesn't show you what you want to see. This was really great because you could see the small adjustment of hand position that he needed to have just enough lapel to be able to make the switch and get the finish. So it it was nice to see. Uh, Any other match you want to talk about the card? No, I didn't. All right. So uh, I don't have any notes on anything else. All right. So yeah, very fun card. Where was it, Dan? Sacramento. It was Sacramento. California. Um, I'm going to move, move through the black belt results. We have Omar Lasaris Tamara defeating Thomas Haley via decision. We have Daniel Withmeyer defeating Ahmed White via split decision. We have Tyler Bray defeating Sean Joseph via arm lock, and that was submission of the night for the black belts. We have Kaiser Sulubayev defeating Victor Vita via neck crank. Love to see the neck cranks. We have Tobin Stanley defeating Brandon Alexander via decision. We have Carlos Oliveira defeating Orlando Castillo. We have Jack Montgomery defeating Luis Moreno via choke, and we have Anton Gibson defeating Christian Fisher via decision that was fight of the night for the black belts let's move on to submission underground 26 uh miranda where do you want to start with this one it was it was an it was a card it was a card it was a card for sure uh Uh, full full disclosure i I had to mute chael see i like give or take i like chael i i can kind of like there are times where i'm i was listening to it and watching it as i was doing something else and there's a couple times where I like stopped what I was doing and kind of looked over and had to repeat what he said because what he said was something that was completely against anything I've ever learned in my seven years of jujitsu. But I still think he's entertaining. I find entertainment of value out of the I man. Couldn't, I couldn't do it. But I had to that's watch me. And, and you also have to remember, like, I started watching MMA way before I learned jiu-jitsu. So there's a little... So you're still nostalgic for There's sale. a little... Yeah, and there's a little part of me that still loves a complete total beatdown. Like, a really bad, bad MMA fight. And so I will sometimes watch things that are horrific for the MMA value. And that sometimes makes me a little bit different than most jujitsu people. You also like the David versus Goliath when David wins. Yes. Versus like, I love David Goliath when it's like, whoop, the champ keeps winning. Like, no, I, I, I want I the love, little guy to I win. I love to root for the champ because it's like, oh, no, how's he going to do it? He's, he's not the champ's going to win. Like, that's that's the kind of grapple that I watch. Right? So, I mean, there's certain people that I'm like that with. but So moving on to submission underground. Um, only so, so the preliminary card um all, everything went to overtime except for uh, Justin Rennick's match which, with, um, I, can, I cannot pronounce this man's name, uh, Flynn Cotton. Uh, he finishes it via armbar in 246 or regulation. Um, Karen puts him up onto the cage really hard, and Rennick just very slowly crawls his shoulders out and finishes that like textbook armbar from the guard. Yeah. Karen stacks him up. Um, he just sweeps his leg around and yeah, he just and he, he does a really good job of maintaining the arm in the pocket and in oh, the yeah. in the chest for the entire time. And Rennick just keeps turning his hips, turning his hips, turning his hips, and very slowly he's controlling behind the shoulder as well. And have you ever have you ever trained against a cage before? Yeah, it's I did MMA for like a couple of years. Okay, it's see, I, I didn't know I didn't oh, know yeah, if you did or not. Graders your it's back horrible. And your yeah, hands. and getting oh. up is horrible. Like trying to wall, like trying to wall walk up. Well, because Karen puts him into the cage hard and his yeah. head's, and Renick's head is like yeah. on the side of the cage. I've been in I that went, position. It sucks. It's terrible because your head's you can't all do crushed anything. in. And, yeah. But it was it was really cool to see Renick able to get his hips out from basically the oh, cage. Yeah. And he's able to and get, slowly he's able to get just, off yeah. the cage and get perpendicular to it and then continue to control the arm. 
and then able to pull it out. You can tell it's a super tight arm bar because yeah. both Karen's arms are in it. And he, Justin just continues to pull out, pull yeah. out, gets over the top of the fists and hands and rakes down and then just is able to finish the arm bar. Yeah, um, so that, Uncle Chael kept on saying that he was going the wrong direction. Did he? And then he got, See, the, arm, mute, and then he got the arm lock from the wrong direction. And I watched it a bunch of times trying to figure out what he was talking about. No clue what he was it's, talking about. I, I think if, it's def- I didn't hear what he said because I muted Chael. Yeah. But I'm guessing he probably thought that he had the top side arm because he had both arms yeah. in there. And I think Chael oh, probably okay. thought he was trying that to makes more sense for like the chest okay. violence arm lock which yeah. is uh, it's absurdly hard to hit i yeah. hit it a couple of times ever on people that did not have skill parallel with me yeah. um but that's the only time i can ever hit that i think maybe that's chill what chill thought he was going he kept for. on saying he was going the wrong direction and he said it multiple times and i was like nah, Renick, what is he talking Renick about had it down yeah and so that, that was the only submission in regulation everything else um went to overtime and uh we had various chokes in overtime one thing i thought was weird uh, and the main card here is I I could be wrong about this. Um, let's see, let's move on to the the next match. Uh, Andy Varela defeated Kevin Casey via escape time. Varela came out hard, put Casey down, got Casey's back, and then put him in, in a rear naked choke for what do you think? A while, two minutes, yeah, minutes? two and a half minutes, yeah. I I was I don't know how he got out of it, dude. Kevin like Casey it, just I mean it's hand fighting and just like one thing I down. love about MMA fighters though is that. They'll let you choke them out. They'll let you choke them out a little bit. Like, yeah, they will. Fight. They will take the chin pain and the They'll jaw like, pain. They're and the... just that little next level of tougher where it's like, I'll let you hurt me while this is getting like done. But then if a... you if you let them out, they're going to beat the crap out of you. And That's, Kevin Casey yeah. gets I mean, He gets out yeah. and he, has, he does a really good job of Varela has his hands behind the neck. And but Varela is very measured in how he's choking. He's not just squeezing with everything he has because yeah. he knows that like if I can't if I can't gonna put burn Casey his arms away. Out. Yeah. Casey is a big strong dude. And if I do have to go to overtime with him i don't want to be gassed from trying to squeeze him for three and a half minutes and not getting was it. that the match that went to overtime they actually picked the arm bar yeah they did yeah i was and I, and I was very like confused about that I was like, yeah they keep picking the arm bar and maybe he's good at arm bars maybe that's his jam i i mean if you get the chance a back or an arm bar and which one are you going to hold somebody longer for in my opinion, you go back. You always go you back. You go back like every single time. Yeah, because, unless like, you have well, to do just, Even look at the statistics alone. Yeah. Like it's guys get held in the back for regulation frequently, for two minutes of regulation frequently. The arm bar, most of the time people are escaping. That's kind of why you go to it usually you either as a get last it, you position. You either get it quick mm-hmm. or you escape it. Or like maybe yeah. 30, 40 seconds. But yeah. you're usually not seeing arm bars a minute 30 into the match. Yeah. Like people are usually escaped by that or... Like, and if you have these, and if you have some of these people, they'll kind of let the arm bar, they'll let their arm get pretty mangled before yeah. to just get out of it. So I thought it was interesting. Yeah. It was interesting to see Casey and Andy Varela going for the arm bar, um, especially when Varela had like the back. I think Varela goes for back once. I could be incorrect. Yeah. When no, in, I think they they didn't only do. Yeah. Um, but that you you saw it more than once. Yeah. You saw them both go for the arm. They did two arm bars, and I yeah. went, huh, that's a really. That's a really uncommon yeah. thing to see in a modern EBI format. Once again, EBI Uncle Chael was very happy about that. He likes arm bars. Good, good for Chael. <laughs> I, I love how you're filling me in so, on what Chael said. Yeah. I was like, it was muted. I watched the matches, but it was, it was muted uh, during Chael Sonnen's contribution. Oh, um, he... There was a he made a comment about dancing. He was like, such and so is dancing, but his partner is not dancing with him. And I was like, okay, that's an interesting comment to make in the middle of this. Uh, so Andy uh, Varela wins that via escape time. Um, again, really thought that he was going to get Kevin 
Casey at the beginning of the match, kind of arm drag took his back, and then, yeah. you know, Casey did a really good job of just, like, staying calm and very nicely pulling the hands away from, like, the whole hand and the arm of Varela. He never let go of the arm that was defending the choke. Yeah. And even when he was just sort of, like, gritting and bearing it. Yeah. He, was it grit? What's the term? Grit. Gritting. Is it grit or grin? Grit. Grit and bear it. Yeah. Um, he never got lazy with it and let his hands float. Both hands were always yeah. doing something, which is something I've been noticing more recently. A lot of guys will like fight chokes with their hands free. Casey kept his hands yeah. on both defending something while he was doing that. I think potentially that's what led to him being able to take it to overtime. Yeah. Um, so Andrew Rao wins that. Uh, Julian Robertson versus Caitlin Chikagian. Uh, most of the match was in the half guard with yes. Robertson on top. Uh, it goes to overtime. Robertson continuously yeah. escapes very quickly. Yeah. Um, and she does something here that I thought was really interesting at overtime. She kept transitioning from back to the arm triangle. Yeah. From the top. Yeah. Which I don't remember the last time I've seen that like twice in overtime. Because she did it in the first round well, as long and as you in the stay second within, round. As long as you stay within a submission, you're yeah, still within time. It was just... Yeah, the, it was a good transition. It was a smooth And transition. how she did it was really interesting because yeah. she was... Um, Caitlin Chikagian would hip off to the side. Julian Robertson would almost lose the back. Yeah. And then Julian Robertson would still have the far side arm across. And then what she would do is she would simply just turn her head. And so you're not going to stop okay. the matches and escape because she's basically... You're facing behind them. Yeah. And then she would turn her head and she was functionally in the arm triangle yeah but there was never a position change so she wasn't having to move her head and move the body at the same time where potentially it would be counted as an escape yeah because the body moved first and she was still attacking it the back kind of and that and that's probably some good coaching too it was really it was really yeah. interesting i just haven't seen they're both, i haven't they're seen both on someone the, they're both on the ufc card they're both yeah. on ufc they're both, rosters they're just different weight both, classes what weight classes uh Chikagian? i don't they're different right? they said they're different weight classes because um yeah, I think she's 25. And, she, and, and uh, Robertson is, is 15, right? Strawweight. Yeah, yeah. I could... Uh, okay. No, maybe I'm wrong with that. I don't know. There are different weight classes. I know they... Maybe Robert... There was a comment made that they, they couldn't agree upon the correct weight, weight to fight at, so they haven't fought yet, which I was like that... If once so 15 probably, and once... Probably 20. But again, a lot of the women... In the UFC, f- jump from 15 to 35 and like all through, because there's 25. Like, well, and I can, that s- I can see more that. more so than any, yeah. any other. I can see that. Women jump around more than any other. You got to. Any of the guys. You got to see what you can get. Yeah, which is you fine. Again, and yeah. some of the rosters are a little smaller, so it makes sense to take weight classes yeah. and move around a little bit. It's just, uh, especially with the 125 division sort yeah. of being added and then sort of filtered in from 15 and 35 fighters. Yeah. It, it's been a really interesting kind of time to watch that division develop because it's sort of. They that is only division that the UFC didn't add and then immediately shunt a bunch of fighters into. Yeah. They sort of took a lot of their existing thirty five roster that was undersized for thirty five and historically yeah. had fought twenty five outside the UFC. And then the, a lot of the strawweights that were just killing themselves to make strawweight, like kind of moved yeah, in. So, moved them up. Which was great because you functionally you got a weight exciting, class of people. And you have more like, exciting fighters or more exciting fights at that point because yeah. you don't have people cutting way you too much weight. People are like, who am I? I'm a 25er and I'm mass. I'm a natural 25er on the yeah. low end. I'm fighting a massively undersized. I'm a massive undersized 35er. Yeah. I, I just like that that happened. It's cool to see, you know, the filtering in a division. So I don't know what weight class they were in, but that the moving of the head of Robertson is something I haven't seen someone do consistently and she does it in two different overtime rounds okay. um i also thought it was weird that they made robertson go to a third overtime round when she had clearly won via time 
even though she was the fr- I could, yeah. she was the first overtime, and then she was ahead in time going into her last overtime round. Yeah. And I kind of went. Usually they don't. Usually the side of the mat will call for, like. Yeah, they're not. There doesn't need to be a third round. So I'm guessing that submission underground doesn't calculate until the final one, which was a little weird to me. I didn't realize that it's it's such a little like rules yeah. discrepancy. But yeah. I'm super interested in rules, and so it is something we've seen EBI do in the past, where it's like, yep, yeah, we're already over your time. Okay, you can't win this one. Yeah. Um, I guess they don't. They didn't. But technically, that. you can submit as the other one. But yeah. a submission just counts as an escape. It doesn't count as a submission unless they did change True. that rule back to the original one, where it counted as, I don't a, think as a submission. So. Not yeah. that I'm aware of. Not that I saw. At least. I, actually, in no, hindsight, actually, Sug, Sug does it the weird way. Yeah, they do. Where if you submit the you other submitted, person, then the other person has to submit you well, if you're in it, the same round. Correct. They, yeah, they do the weird thing that um, if you submit the person when you are escaping that it counts as a submission for you. So that's why they would have a third round. Okay. I think it's only happened once or twice ever, but I remember I remember seeing, I think it was a footlock. Yeah. Basically the person had the back and then they got footlocked. Yeah. And it counted as a as a submission win as opposed to a escape win. Okay. Every other organization that uses EBI rules counts an escape. A submission is an escape. But okay. I think I think SUG uses the old school EBI that it counts as a submission. I could be completely wrong about that. You're way that. over my head for that. So yeah, I welcome to like weird know. rules discrepancies for like the nth degree. I just thought it was weird. Normally I pay attention that to that because I like I like breaking down rule sets and how to manipulate the rule sets. Yeah. Because I, I like EBI manipulation is a, is of rule sets. a manipulatable rule set. Yeah, exactly. Uh, next match we had Gabriel Checa defeating Danny Marquez uh, via Rinnick and Choke. Uh, real quick into overtime, uh, Gabriel yeah. kind of went for some footlocks at the beginning of their match and then... Didn't not a whole lot else happened in that match. It was no. literally a lot of uh, Marquez kind of pushing away at Checo and Checo kind of sitting and kind of coming forward, but not a whole lot of additional activity after the first kind of flurry into the legs from Checo. Yeah. Anything else on that match? Not really. Uh, and then uh, the tag team match. Uh, team Matt Mafia defeated <laughs> Gracie Barra via submission. This one was weird. I'm not. I've said it before publicly on the show. I'm not into tag team. It's, you had some things that you wanted to say just, about it. It's just interesting. It was interesting to watch. Is it really and though? I, is it really? See, I I like watching. You like watching it. You like dude, watching I'll a watch, shit show. I'll watch the the Russian stuff where they do like five the on teen five. Anime hit squad, or they do like the the guys in like full like metal like M one global challenge. Yeah, dude, I'll watch some crazy. They, I'll watch that shit too. But like, you're messing with my jujitsu. I know. Uh, so but what happened? They're in a cage, so but basically they they took advantage of a of a rule that I didn't really quite understand until I watched it happen. That when they tag their other their partner, there's three seconds before the original partner has to go back to holding the thing on the side of the you mat. You get to double team the person. So for you get three to seconds. double team the person for three mm-hmm. seconds, and Pedro Mourinho got double teamed. Yeah, because he got his hand and, controlled by the guy in the bottom. Yeah. who's control again. Pedro Mourinho is the best grappler in the group of four, yeah. like obviously like world ranked guy. Other folks were again good good yeah. black belt level grapplers, but not like world ranked like Mourinho. Mourinho yeah. is a different kind of guy. Yeah. Um and so they Mourinho was in the process of being on top, yeah, passing, and then he got his hands controlled and then Matt Mafia and they and jumped on his tagged, back. And he tagged with his foot. It was yeah. a foot tag. Which th- they made a comment about, oh no one's ever tried to tag with their feet before. Like yeah. So it, I guess it wasn't a role that you had to tag with your hands. So some they of them do it they, as that. Some of them don't do it that. Yeah. Sug doesn't do it as 
Um, no, they wanted, the, rule, they wanted the action, so they were probably going to go with it, even if it was wrong. Just Pedro Moreno gets his back jumped and gets a Rene choke sunk in while his hands are busy, yeah. and then has to tap, and that was the only submission of the match. They did it twice, but Pedro was able to fight out of the second yeah. one, but it was just like... It was just kind of weird to me as like... It's a, it's a weird... It's, it's a, a weird, weird rule set because rule. it's like you get to... T- if you but, do it right, you but, get to start with someone... But you think about it. Don't... Don't um, don't get near someone's corner. I get that. Like, but it's try just, to stay out of corner. It's just a weird rule because it's like essentially you can start... Do you know what it reminded me of? It reminded me of belt tests. <laughs> in which we were both like at a belt test recently yeah. and we were watching people get gauntleted. Yeah. And you have one person like jump another yeah, but that's person. in good fun also yeah you don't jump on and lock they, they jump on and give you a second i don't know we, i i may then, have jumped on some people uh, I'll, and, I'll jump and, on them but, but like, i'm also 140 pounds and yeah. like i'm jumping on a 200 pounder also and, not like jumping and immediately like immediately jumping the rear naked choke. No. it was just it's a little weird because yeah. it's in the rule set it's like how would you def- it's like you can't defend that yeah. and there's some tactics behind it i understand yeah but it's just weird because it doesn't for me it doesn't prove well they had to grappling credentials they kind of had to beat out they knew pedro was gonna yeah be no and that's they you, knew he was gonna be i get rough, that's what yeah. you have to do it's just weird because it's like a, it's such a weirdly exploitable rule of yeah. just like I, it didn't but i, I could i could totally see the the excitement that it gave uncle chael to watch it happen chael just get he better guys man it. just like give someone get get someone from Mourinho to face like, yeah and i'll be excited and give him 10 minutes to work and don't do overtime yeah, make some changes, and I'll, I'll amp. Like I'd love to see stuff in a cage because they can't fall off the mat. Yeah, you have more dynamic wrestling. Have some points. Like there's so many things that they can do. Yeah, I would prefer them to not move into the realm of tag team because they have the budget to get guys like Mourinho, and like they can build something yeah. really cool. They they just have they have some rules that I'm not a fan of. What was the tag? The last tag team was like white belt, blue belt. And I'll- they did that. They've also done Nick Rodriguez and Kyle Bame. And oh yeah. I remember yeah, that, that one. Okay. That was like Craig Jones didn't get to go. Yeah. Cause they just, it was yeah. just, it's a weird format and I've, I'm not, I, I am not sold I think on it's format. kind of exciting in a weird way, but not for a jujitsu value more for just a complete yeah, like total, a free, like, like would, a freak show I value. I love, and Ryan McGuire has done them on third yeah. coast grappling, but he talks about, he goes, yeah, you don't throw them in as the main event. You don't throw them in as like, yeah. he specifically said, you don't throw them in as main event. You throw them in as like a, like a fun thing you have in the middle of the card with guys that are not like your world-class team level guys. Yeah. And they did, they've done um intergender stuff at third coast yeah. and they've done, they've done it in different ways. That third are coast was the one that I watched recently. Like, and the guys were like talking shit on the sidelines. It's like yeah. everybody's going and they, yeah. they do it in a, they do it. And then you have the purple like belt fun. just murder, yeah. come out and murder but everybody. And they didn't, didn't yeah. do it as a main event, which I prefer yeah. to not see a experimental oh, yeah. weird rule yeah. set with the best guy on the card as a, main event true so that is true um again we just saw him face varela in like a match i'd much rather see both those guys in super fight matches because it i think with that level of skill it's more interesting for me so that's my piece on talk if you loved it again and people i just i think i think stuff like that's exciting every once in a while i don't there is no i don't get a jujitsu um i don't watch it for the jujitsu value i watch it for the exploitation of roles, yeah, the how they can win. If you love watching it, love watching it. It's just yeah. not. It's just not for me. I wouldn't watch it every day, but every once in a while, I like it. Every couple weeks when Sug comes, I like on, watching you're like, a beatdown okay. every once in a while. So uh, that does it for. I think most of America likes watching a beatdown every once in a while. That's why I watch MMA. I love <laughs> it. Um, I'd get, you ever watch the uh, two purple belts go at it? It's awesome. Why? It's like yeah. sometimes one's not good. And yeah. It's really fun to watch because they're both really going hard, but they have some holes in their game. Like it's kind of like watching white belts. 
like white belt heavyweights before they get gas out yeah. is, is a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, but so. sometimes white belt heavyweights, if no one hits the ground, is the most boring thing well, in the that world. That doesn't count. They count. just like rub their you foreheads you against count, each other. You don't count those matches. You count the matches where someone trips and then it's like, oh, they're going. <laughs> <laughs> they had about 45 seconds of cardio. It's yes. wild. <laughs> So that does it for this week on the re- on the uh, preview on the recaps. We don't have anything to preview this week because right as of now, um, I don't have any card information. Fight to Win is doing two different um, tournaments. They're doing their tournament of champions, I think, in Texas, and then they're doing the Colorado Open. Okay, so they're doing two back to back, and they're returning their their uh, amateur promotion events. Okay, um, and I think we don't have another. Uh, event until actually following week so we'll have previews for next week's show but we might have a topic for next week's show and so if people have a topic that they would like to hear us talk about that's related to professional jiu-jitsu and rules or like an old legacy match you want to talk you want to talk about or like hear us talk about let us know not Um, just some random question no we also have a whole list of like covid like covid shows that we can pull from because when the pandemic first hit we went Oh, there's no jujitsu happening. We've got to get like a list of yeah. interesting topics to talk about that are professional jujitsu related, and so we can pull from one of those too. Um, which maybe what we do next show, but um, that's what it seems like right now. Uh, how's your week been? Yeah, pretty good. How pretty was good. your? You went up to Philly this last yeah, week, this I weekend, went to, and yeah, went and trained with I Hanger did, and yeah, with Nancy. Pretty much Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. It was um, a three day thing. It was a three day thing. I didn't do all the sessions because. I had some other stuff going on, um, but I did a session Friday, a session Saturday, and a session Sunday um, without air conditioning, and it was in the nineties. My PT place doesn't have air conditioning. It was it was it was rough. Um, and I'm not and doing jujitsu. I've, I've Thursday fr- or Thursday, Friday and Saturday, uh, they had a lot of rolling, and it was a lot of like one minute round rolling. Oh, and so as as going. a smaller purple belt, um, especially if they know you're a purple belt. You get wrecked. And so it was like, okay, I'm going to spend two hours getting completely wrecked in the hot where it sounds like a lot of fun, but it sounds like it was was fun and miserable at the same time. And then um, Hanger taught uh, monoplatas, which I've done his class on the monoplata before. Yeah, he does a really nice. I mean, he does. I just figured that, like, whenever I think of a Josh Hanger seminar, I just think of, like, yeah, and then I crush their neck. Yeah, no. That's, that's what I think we of did, every um, seminar. I really see he has a whole host of things that he can oh, teach yeah. in seminars. Oh, no, yeah. I've done a couple of his seminars because I um I think he's dreamy. I'll say that blatantly. That's fine. I think he's a dreamy mm, man. To, to each their um, own. But anyway, I so I like him. Um, I have done two of his seminars on monoplatas. Oh, really? Um, yeah, I did the first <laughs> have one. Have you ever like done his front headlock stuff in his, in his guillotine seminars? Guillotine, he normally, the first monoplata one, he went from there, transitioned to guillotine. Okay. And then, um, like, a roll up to a, a mounted guillotine. Yeah. Which I love mounted guillotines. They're the best guillotines. Cause yeah. Why? Because they hurt while you're choking them. Yeah. So it's this great. time he just did. I took mounted guillotine like two weeks ago at class. Did you? Yeah. I, 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 lo- I, love I love the them. transitions to mounted guillotine. But he did, he did a. He did a monoplata, a monoplata to an arm bar, and then a monoplata to uh, to a guillotine, to like a full guard guillotine Ooh. with arm in, which he loves I've never... The, he I've, loves a lot of the arm in stuff, and I don't... So he talks so much shit about the, the, the um, like a baseball slide guillotine? Yeah. I've always been taught the baseball slide guillotine, to, because not to pull full guard no. with the guillotine from the bottom. He completely hates that idea. 
and like went on a rant about his his Hanger, hate of that. He likes to latch his hamstrings down on your like butt, yeah, and like hold your body down. If you watch him finish guys, that's how he does it. And yeah. it's like he also has arms that are the size of my head. Yeah, Hinger Hinger is one of those guys that I disagree with a lot of what he says, but because I'm an idiot. And obviously it's correct. Like yeah. it, it works for Hanger and he can make it work for Hanger. It's not the style that I like to do things, yeah. but like it works at a super high level for this guy. Yeah. And it, it's nice to see. It was like, a contrast for for him yeah. to Woodman Z was a different contrast. But, but I do love that yeah. about, about him talking about his technique because oh, yeah. it's not how I do. He does stuff. He does. A, he plays a similar game that I wish to play. Yeah. But he does an entirely different array and style of techniques yeah. in that realm. That like is not in my game at all. It's just cool. Like, oh yeah, there are two ways to do this thing yeah. that are entirely valid. He also sh- and it does. Yeah, and it's, he also it's cool to see yeah. That. He showed the difference between um because he got a lot of his monoplata stuff from um, Marcelo Garcia. Yeah, and Marcelo's difference is he does almost like a like a go go plata. He pulls yeah, the leg more, all the way more around. More Hanger does it in like a, kind of a diff- H- different Hanger way. showed it and he showed why he doesn't do that. Mm-hmm. And the reason he doesn't do that is because they can't sit up if you don't pull yeah. your leg around. So it was just his change to it to kind of but I do like hold that, like, that position. I don't like how Hanger does a lot of his stuff, but I love hearing him talk about it because he has very defined He's very reason. passionate about what he does. But he also has very yeah. defined reasons and can back up the oh, way yeah. in which he does stuff. So yeah. it's like, cool, it's not how I do it. But... I can't fault the way you do it because yeah. you're obviously it correct because you. it works for you. You've demonstrated in a competition yeah. setting that it works for you and it's consistently worked for you. Yeah. Like He does a bunch of arm and guillotine variations that like I have not had a ton of success with, but it's like, no, it's not I, how I like to do it. I almost abandoned rips. arm and guillotines yeah. completely. But it's like, but he has had huge success with oh, them. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, it's obviously valid. And so I think as an, at least as an instructor, I always try to pull stuff like that from those yeah. people where it's like, oh, it's not how I do it. But if I'm watching or instructing someone, yeah. like don't be dismissed of technique that you don't do and you are not successful with yeah, true. because there are people that do things at a very high level that are completely different in the same weight class or in the same style of game oh, yeah. that is both perfectly valid and Hanger's one of those guys for me at least personally that he does a bunch of headlock and guillotine stuff yeah. way differently than I do way differently than Marcelo does it but he's still very successful oh, with it yeah. and he can talk through about why it works so it's, it's cool like I like yeah. I love a lot of Hanger stuff for that reason because it is completely outside of like my understandings of how these techniques work yeah and so it's cool so i've always i've always i've done his seminars i've done three or four of his seminars all in philly or different places mostly all philly all philly because he it was him and jt torres during covid like in the middle of covid when everybody was being sick and not or trying not to be sick and and hiding they did a jt torres hanger seminar in philly and i remember um being sort of yelled at by a bunch of people for attending it because it was like right in the middle of everything and i was like oh whatever i'm gonna do this you know but it's jt torres it was jt torres he was he was cool that's cool i would love it. i wish i wish he would have been on polaris a couple weeks yeah. ago because it'd be so cool to see him since adcc like he he was he who like? showed me the whole like headquarter position how to use the headquarters position torres is one of the pass. best guy best passes like that in the world yeah so it's awesome and he made us sit there for a million years and do it over and over and, and over just be again in that squat it. position forever yeah it was like okay we're gonna burn our legs out immediately and not be able to move thanks jt torres yeah. i know you're really good but i'm not as in shape as you so <laughs> my bad yeah so awesome you got anything else nope that's about it i'm just it. doing i'm just doing pt and swimming this oh week. and i'm gonna see jeff glover i'm gonna do a jeff glover seminar this weekend so nice. who knows that's local what, right yeah so who one. knows what's gonna happen that should be fine i may go to that one i'm i'm still super injured and can't train but yeah. like 
I do go really, watch it. I do really like Jeff Glover's like how he does stuff, and I find yeah. him kind of humorous. He and is. I think he's like as a from a little guy technical so perspective. He's it's friends really with interesting. Pete the Greek, the uh-huh. wristlock guy uh-huh. that we just that, had out at that Baltimore. We had, yeah, like, I think what two weeks ago. Yeah, about two weeks ago. Yeah, and so they're friends, um, which was interesting because I didn't really put two and two together. Then I can definitely see how they're all oh yeah yeah it's just an old uh, they've it's probably the old, all school, been old, school old school american guys i was about to like say that's, yeah. yeah like you know look at like look at the lovato mason so if it's anything like pete greek was it's gonna be entertaining yeah it'll it, be like three and hours that's why i'm debating going to because it's like i love like a lot of love what jeff Gilbert does technically yeah and i think it might be really matches are hilarious they're hilarious like yeah. if you ever want to laugh at jujitsu and like the watch a guy guard stuff is Free, and like he did it crazy. as a joke and then you watch him toehold guys off and you're like yeah. there's something here Jeff Glover he's yeah. like yeah I know I'm like not actually bullshit I'm like oh I thought you were totally bullshit here yeah. like his EBI runs and yeah. like his ADCC runs and like and he would be in he would be in like a wife beater yeah and like shorts mm-hmm. <laughs> thank you Jeff Glover the pipe layer good for you <laughs> so alright that does it uh, anything okay. else nope that's about it alright as always in the show I'm your host Maine to the coast Miranda and we are the Grappling Rio to see you on the mats whatever it is stay safe if you like the show, please consider sharing it on Facebook with the folks at your gym. It's the best way that we grow the show and we really appreciate it. You can reach out to us on email. We also have Instagram. We have Facebook. We have Twitter. We have Google+. Until that shuts down. We have a website. If you have an event you would like to have us cover, please let us know. If you have a name, like most people do, and you'd like to have us stop butchering it, let us know. Reach out to us. The show is also available on YouTube, Spotify, in addition to iTunes and every other podcast service. We very much appreciate your time and thank you.